Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found... Geek Watch 1. Hey, Geeksters, I'm Kylan. And I'm Ken. And you found Geek Watch 1. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch 1. And, well, last week we did a lot of catching up over the time we had. This week... We're going to have to just tackle one show and a little bit of another one because we can't try to put all the different series that came out in one show because we'll end up skipping everything. Right. <laughs> right. There's too much stuff. So, but yeah. other than that, how are you guys doing? We're back okay. at it again two weeks yeah. in a row. <laughs> Amazingly. <laughs> we, might actually, we might actually have a, a, a few weeks consecutively now right no skips and everything yeah no no holidays or anything and yeah we might actually make it but we do today had to rush out of here and so we can batten down the hatches because we're back to the northeast Ohio weather report giant storm pulling out of the southwest we're supposed to get what 10 to 12 inches of snow in a couple of hours um our area because we're right on the borderline of certain fronts, we're going to get anywhere from three to nine inches because we're okay. right at the border of the three to six and six to nine. Ah. But this is not an Ohio storm. Yeah. It's already hitting Tennessee. It's hitting all along the coast. And we're, we're, we're kind of getting, for your weather report today, we're, mm. getting, <laughs> we're getting the mashup because there's one that's been coming from the west that's been heading southeast that was going to be missing us. And the one from the south, is heading northeast and it was going to clip us and now they're going to meet right around the base of Ohio and bring us something. Yeah. And and then in another couple days there's going to be um some lake effect. Yeah, this is the this the is top. one of those for Ohio. <laughs> this is a strange thing cuz usually um if it's co- pushing out of Canada like it normally does across the lake, we can pretty much tell you what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this, with two storm fronts mashing and other things going on, we have no idea what we're, what's about to happen. And I, 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 that's been the case for the for all winter so far. Like we, we have gotten almost nothing. Like the, you can still see the grass anytime we might get snow. Right. You yeah. know. So right. we've gotten almost nothing, which by mid January is very strange for Ohio. But true. Canada all has been nice to us. That, Canada has well, been nice to all us these this other year. States, <laughs> That all, all these other states that usually get nothing have gotten snow. Yeah. There's already four inches in South Carolina. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. So we know what we're doing when we get the snow, though. They don't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't. Ha- well, the funny thing is, a lot of those states don't have. I mean, everybody that all you guys that live out there know all this. But for people in the north that are used to snow and having salt trucks and plows, a lot of these places may have one plow truck and don't have any salt. <laughs> Well, actually, I noticed on the news this week, I think because of the way the past couple of years have acted winter-wise, a lot of these southern states suddenly have salt reserves and stuff. Because they said, like, in the Atlanta area, they were salting roads. Ah. I'm like, wait, Atlanta suddenly has salt? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. I mean, uh, after the, the last one that hit them. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 And and the whole, um, the whole Virginia area is – because we know what happened – the other day when people got trapped for more than 24 hours on a highway. Yeah. So they're hoping that doesn't happen again. Mm -mm. That's because people who grew up in that area have no idea what to do when it snows. No, that's, and that's just it. You can have, you can have the salt, you can have the plows, but if you're not used to driving on even slightly slick roads or driving with a bit of snow coming down on your windshield, you're still crap. Like all the people living there are still doing crap because 
they don't know how to live in it. Right. How do you react right. when this, when the car starts to slide a little bit? Exactly. Exactly. So. You give it some gas and do a donut. I mean, it, on it's purpose. A, it's, yep. Exactly. I mean, I, I had the crash course in Dri- it. You know? Drive into, steer into the spin. That's, yes. that's the rule, people. Steer into the spin. Yeah. That's not <laughs> fun, though. When I, I took driver's ed. <laughs> they, they tell you all that stuff. But until you when actually it actually do happens, it, it doesn't make sense, no. and you're just like, "Wait, what they say?" <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so, the difference between yeah. book smarts and actually behind the wheel smarts. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, there's and if you've lived in the if you've lived in the north, you you get the street smarts for that. Yeah. <laughs> there's no substitute to seat time. Yeah, no. You talk about a lot of guys in racing I, talks about that too. There's no substitute to sitting behind the wheel and just doing it. I mean, I have to I have to say. I, I hated him doing this, but before, once I got my learner's permit and before I got my license um, in Canada, um, my dad would take me out into snow-covered parking lots and make me do figure eights and donuts in snow-covered parking lots to learn how to steer into things mm-hmm. yeah. and get out of stuff. Well, that's the fun stuff. And the problem yeah. is, and once you get used to doing that type of stuff, and um, you're trying to play, and all of a sudden, not thinking, you're automatically kicking into trying to get out of it, and you actually end up not having fun because you, you don't get the full donuts and things. Well, because you well, automatically yeah, well, stop you're not, it. You're not supposed to have fun once it happens, but right. the, the, the only problem lots, is you can. <laughs> the, the only problem is you could be doing what you need to do. It's the other cars around you that are exactly. the issue. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When the guy uh, come pulling up to the stop sign beside where you're coming up to um, hits the brakes and there is no brakes, then what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's the other people you got to watch out for. But so. that, that's our weather and traffic for this week. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this has become a regular segment because you know, people, if nothing else, listening to this show should start to realize the weather is weird in uh, in this region. Yeah. Don, you should. Every, you're a little bit. You've understood this stuff because you've lived close enough to, in proximity to the Great Lakes the whole time that you've seen the, yep. these patterns growing up. Kylan, you where you grew up down in Memphis, you probably had none <laughs> of this type of weird, weird stuff going on. <laughs> you could see well, the weather I mean, coming like, from miles we away. Got ice, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you knew it was weird. coming like, from three days away. We would get a little bit of snow, but we always got ice. Ice was. Um, I remember one time, the day before, I had to take the LSAT. <laughs> we had gotten a, we had gotten an ice storm, no power, and so I still had an analog alarm clock, <laughs> and they still had they still had the LSAT. Uh-huh. So, and I remember driving like driving on I forty, and it's a sheet of ice, mm-hmm. you know. And I I that's probably maybe the second or third time I ever had to do that. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, oh, oh I'm good. Now nah, I can do it. No problem. You know, but <laughs> now then, th- oh, three, two to three inches of snow. You're like, oh, so what? Just go to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, also, like I said, from um, anyway. in Memphis, you know, the weather's coming a week away. You can see it yeah. coming. Right <laughs> here. You right. never know what you're going to get from like hour to hour. Yeah. <laughs> so, but aside from that, yes, everything's been decent, and we're like we said, we're catching up on a lot of shows being released now that we've got no big movies to see for a while. Right? Oh yeah. Um, well, there was a big one this weekend. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I know you guys probably aren't interested at all, but I want to go see Scream Five. Yeah. I, no. No. I've I've already I've already read all the spoilers. I know I know who the killer is. Yeah. So well, uh, <laughs> I have not. I, well, Scream was the first real slasher horror I ever watched because I didn't grow up watching horror movies. Really? I was I was scaredy pants. I still haven't seen most of them, but I've always loved the Scream series. It was just it's fun because it had the scary moments in it, 
I mean, the, the slasher scary moments, but they didn't go over the top with it, and they had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, this one almost based on the based on the trailer though. This one almost seems like it takes it more seriously. Like the early the lot the the previous Scream movies. Which, I mean, the fact that this one is just called Scream again, yeah, yeah. is kind of weird, but. Um, the previous versions, the earlier ones seemed to have more fun. Then they got a little more serious and more slashery where now it seems to be more serious. Right. I saw a couple of um, friends that have seen it that were big fans of the Scream series and they said they really, really liked it. They were like trepidatious because Wes Craven wasn't involved, but then they right. watched it and said, okay, this was actually worth it. Yeah. And I mean, you have, it, it is technically in the series anyway, you have the same characters coming back. Yeah. That was cool um, that they got well all the characters to come back. Yeah, so I don't know. It, for for fans, it looks okay. Yeah, so well, I'm I'm not into horror, so I know yeah, I'm not a huge horror me. fan. You're but... in, no, you're into comedy horror. You'll yeah. watch it if it's actually really funny. Yeah, like okay. you'll you'll watch like the Bruce Campbell stuff and yeah. things like like you'll watch it if it's actually the, meant you... to be like almost slapstick funny. Oh, and I, I'll do action horror like uh, twenty eight days and twenty eight right. days later, like right. an alien sci fi horror. The original he, he Alien like movie Alien. was a horror no. movie. The no. original movie. Yeah. That one was well, a straight-up yeah, horror I'm, movie. I don't know. <laughs> Although, and I did actually, I know it's a, I'm late to the party, but I downloaded the um, Alien Isolation, the one they made a couple years ago where it was actually like a survival horror alien game. And yeah, so far, okay. I've, I've made it like 10 minutes into it, and it's kind of sweet because you're basically it's the first person walking around the ships. And I haven't ah. got into the alien part of it yet, but it still it feels like you're um, you're playing Ellen Ripley's daughter, going out okay. to get the um, flight recorder from the Nostromo. Okay. Okay. So, but it's it feels like you're in the movie, basically playing it through her eyes. Okay. Cool. So it's pretty cool so far. Nice. So I watched um a, a show that like we're not we're not doing our review on because it's a different form of geek, but um I watched Life According to Jeff Goldblum season two. I've seen. I think I saw up through fireworks. Was that the last one for this so far? Um, yes, I think fireworks was okay. the last one. Because I know I think another, we got another month until the second half of the season comes out. Yeah, yeah. So there was we got um dogs, dance, um monsters, fireworks. Was there another magic. one in there? I don't know. Magic. Yeah. Magic. Magic was the other one. Magic. Yeah. Well, I liked magic because I love watching Penn and Teller, especially when they do the where they um, do like the cup and ball trick with the clear cups, and it's still amazing. Right. I I actually I really like like I don't I don't care much for magic in general, but I liked that the, the reason I like the Jeff Goldblum stuff is that he he takes a scientific approach to a lot of it, and in mm-hmm. the magic one, him putting on those special glasses that that watched where his eyes went to see yeah. why you get tricked. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, so you could see what the sleight of hand and what the um, distraction actually does, and yeah. see that it actually yeah, does and, work, and even fact, if you know what's happening. <laughs> and and the fact was, like, they did it to him with with the ball in the cup game, right? Right. Which, which Penn and Teller have obviously a slightly more advanced version of that because they're switching out to bigger balls and to baseballs and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but. They did it to him with red solo cups, and then they did it to him with clear cups, and his eye movements were almost the same, even knowing he could see how the trick was done. <laughs> so that's how good the distractions were, and the sleight of hand, and the movements, and everything. Right. That he just kept looking at those things, even though he was still kind of sort of paying attention to how the trick was done. Right. Well, I do like the point they made in that one, though. They made a point of it, the fact that um, a good magician 
And you can watch it, especially if you watch it, they go back and watch the trick again. You see, they start slow. Then they start speeding everything up to where they're over they're overstimulating your brain. Your brain cannot yeah. actually process fast enough to see what's actually going on. Right, right. If they're they're moving fast. I mean, they're not moving at superhuman speeds, but there's 15 things going on at once, and they're talking so fast that they're overloading your synapses. Right, mm-hmm. and it, and the fact that there's two of them makes it even better because you've got two people to focus on, four hands to focus on, and they're all going back and forth to their pockets, to the cups, to the table, up high. All this stuff. So it, it, yeah, it makes sense to actually see the distractions, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at the same time, know that that's what you're there for. Yeah. Right. So next time you see a magician of any kind, street magic or anything, listen to how fast they're actually talking. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's all it is, is how fast they're talking. Your brain's trying to process what are they saying and how quick is this? It's, it's, the, it's the carnival barker. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they get the patter out there. And yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, if you're, if you're into, you know, I think we said this about the first season as well. If you're into knowing, you know, why we do things, why we love certain things, you know, the dog episode was great because it was like why we feel a connection to dogs and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. fireworks is like, you know, why we ooh and ah over things and <laughs> and all this. And so, like, if you like, a, it's it's kind of behind the scenes, but more of an exploration and some science in there as well as fun because it's. It's Jeff Goldblum. It's Jeff Goldblum. And yeah. honestly, he is so damn awkward. Like, is this him in real life? Because he is so <laughs> yeah. just awkward. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm convinced that he, that Dr. Sidney Zweibel and Buckaroo Banzai, like, that's just him. Like, he's... He's more awkward than that in real life, though. Yeah. It's more. So, yeah. Think he's more awkward? Oh, more. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, you yeah. have to watch more of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I think one of the fireworks was probably my second favorite because the magic was just amazing just to see some of the stuff in that. But um, my second favorite was the fireworks because I really, really like his um, his music and we're just watching him play piano and stuff. Yeah, he he set he he got to kind of choreograph set music score part of a mm. fireworks scene. Hmm. They just needed about a minute and a half. So he they put him on the keyboard and. You know, he does, he does jazz, so he right. his little jazz thing. That That's what it is. Jeff Goldblum is jazz. Like, if you watch him, yes. not not that he's a jazz player, jazz musician, he just is jazz because yeah. it's, it's awkward and it's scattered and it's you don't know what to expect out of him and sometimes it's really slow and sometimes he gets manic the way he talks and <laughs> it just, he is jazz. Yeah, if, if anybody gets a chance. That sounds, you, like a, that sounds like the name for a show. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is jazz. Well, um, anybody who gets a chance, check out the all the. It's on all the streaming services. He has two albums out. It's Jeff yep. Goldblum and the Mildred Setzer Orchestra, and a lot of the uh, sets on both albums are actually live recordings, and they are right. great. Like Sarah Silverman's on a couple of tracks. There's a couple of other people that sit in with him. It is awesome, and it's lounge jazz. It's the type of stuff Harry Connick Jr. would do without the big band. Right, <laughs> right. Um, and the other the other show that we will talk about because it's only had three episodes, but I needed to mention it because I suffered through these three is Peacemaker. See, I um, thought that was a blast. <laughs> it was this, stupid this is, in all it, the right ways. T- talking about awkward. If you want to watch a frat boy who's a superhero, this is the show. <laughs> um, and and you know what you're getting from the opening credits, which. Kylan hasn't watched the show, but I forced him to watch the opening credits yeah, this morning. Oh, my word. Um, you know it's a James Gunn show right away because yeah. there's a dance number. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, I could only sit through those credits once. I skipped them for the yeah, second Yeah, I skipped them for episodes. the rest of it, too. That's not my favorite um, part of it. <laughs> uh, and 
But I mean, not surprisingly, if you saw Suicide Squad, you know this is going to be an adult show. There's nudity, there's sex, there's a lot of cursing, there's bloody violence. Um, and people exploding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- extremely bloody violence. <laughs> um, but if you don't like Peacemaker, which you're not meant to like Peacemaker, that's fine because he's he's not really the main character of the show. It's really it really is kind of a team effort, and there are other people that are more interesting to watch. His team is more interesting than him, put it yeah. that way, because he believes he's famous and he's not, and he's just full of himself. Well, no, and then, of course, his- he is famous, but he, he feels he's a famous superhero. No one else sees it that way. Right. He's a villain. He's a villain. Um, and, I mean, the, the only thing that's going to make me kind of want to watch the rest of this is whatever the secret plan is that a certain new team member is is undertaking that we won't we won't give the spoiler as to her say, other you, significance. Yeah, you didn't. Um, you said you only saw the first episode, but you did read the spoilers on it, right? Right. Okay. Um. So, and, it, and it's an interesting task in general that the team knows they're undertaking. It's Project Butterfly. Um. It's not a spoiler to say that essentially it's about uh, aliens, uh, an alien invasion sort of thing. Um. Which is in, a DC in, Comics in a thing. Different way. Yeah, if you're going to have something super huge like that in DC Comics, it's going to be aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. It's always aliens. Because mm-hmm. um, well, they've not really tackled alien. the mystical uh, side of it. Because so... it could be something mystical also, but it's probably not. <laughs> right. Um, and, and he wasn't wrong. Like, no one wants to tell. No one wanted to tell Peacemaker what what Project Butterfly was. Like, they, they, they were just, they're just like, this is the person you're going to have to go kill. Like, that's all they tell him. Right. And he's like, what's Project Butterfly? What's Project Butterfly? He keeps asking. And he's like, well, well, Project Starfish, there was a giant starfish. And then he was and then then by episode three, he he knows why it's called Project Butterfly. Yeah. And it's it's pretty much just as literal as Project Starfish. Well, no, I love so, that. Um, he's trying to figure out Project <laughs> Butterfly. So he's like, Pro- wait, it was a giant starfish. That means Project Butterfly. Am I fighting Mothra's? Tell me I'm not fighting yeah. Mothra's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he 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 wanted to, and he wanted a jetpack. He's like, well, if I'm gonna fight Mothra, I need a jetpack. <laughs> I, you know what? I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's true. But it, what was? It's not the case. It's not. Yeah. It's not, not giant. Put it that way. But it's more. It is literal end, when it comes to butterfly. When you get um, the end, but by the, the other end of thing, season three, you get to meet by t- when you meet Vigilante. He is such. Do you think uh, Peacemaker's a little awkward? This dude is like the consummate um, high school kid who's trying to be cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's the nerd who's trying to be cool. He's the complete dork that no one wants to hang around with who's trying to be cool, who's trying to make himself cool. He won't take his mask off so no one knows who he is so that when they get captured and people try and find out about him, they won't have any information because he's such a big deal. <laughs> I, like, and he's comics, worse, he's worse than, it's worse than Peacemaker's attitude, to be honest. In the comics, Vigilante is kind of like... I, I was kind of excited that we were getting Vigilante, but Vigilante Oh, is... no, he's not. No. no. You'll kind of be happy when you get to episode three, what happens to him. Uh, like, he, he's not dead. I'm not giving any, way, no. any spoilers away with this. Something happens to him, though, that might make you happy if, if he's that, the most annoying character. That scene was hilarious. <laughs> that was great. You guys got you got to watch through this. They, we'll we'll circle back around when it's over. Um, <laughs> oh, crap. All right. We'll the, the other thing around. I do want to... The other thing I do want to mention, though, because this gets, at, this gets mentioned... Um, Batmite is real in the DC universe. Yes, he's not in the show. He's not in no, the no. show. He gets named, but dropped. he is. He is mentioned because um, 
Peacemaker really does not like little people. Um, oh, you mean like homunculi. little people? No, no, no. Yeah. He's talking about homunculi and homunculuses. Because, yes, he he specifically says homunculus and the homunculi. Um, but essentially, it's little people he doesn't yeah. like. Um, and so he he at one point he's talking about Batmite and and um, one of the team members he he tells him he is real. He is yeah, and and tells him what he is and and everything. And he's like, no, I don't know. I don't want to know. Batmite's <laughs> never been around when I was reading comics, but then I really figure out no, it's Missy Missy yeah, Mixy S Pitlick for Batman basically because he is a fifth dimension limit. He's from the same place as Mixy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can't stand Batman. He's 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 an imp who who basically is a massive Batman fanboy. That's all. It yeah, is. I can't stand Batman. Nobody, well, you're point. not supposed to. <laughs> Look, Batman as Scrappy Doo came out at the same. Shut up! I like Scrappy Doo. I no. Shut I, up. Mm. <laughs> You know how I feel about Scrappy Doo. I know how I feel about Scrappy. Anyways, that's he was overused. Other than that, eventually because uh, this week's episode is the midway point. So yeah, um, we'll talk more about that because there is a lot more to talk about. Like I said, it is it is totally insane and off the wall and over the top in all the ways that James Gunn can do it. Yeah, that that's what it it's it makes fun of the whole superhero thing. But in a different way than the boys does. Yeah, okay. the boys takes it a little more seriously, and and that kind of thing. This this definitely does not take itself seriously. The one thing I do like about it so far, though, is you could tell they're not taking themselves seriously, but they're treating it as an actual real world. This is a super, yes. this is just the way the world works. Yeah, uh, Peacemaker's an idiot, and he's way out in left field with it. But there are the guys that could stay dead center and do the actual regular superhero, and they are real legit superheroes. And and the other thing is when something happens, authorities come in. Like there's an explosion of some type caused by Peacemaker mm-hmm. and people call the police. Like the police show up right. and he has to get out of it. He has to basically avoid the police. Like right. so that that kind of makes it a little more real world what the ridiculous way he avoids the police. But <laughs> that was kind of brutal getting out. <laughs> Put it this way, Peacemaker it might be really strong, but he's not indestructible, and he can get hurt. John Cena, I, oh. I still say John Cena was like inspired casting for this. Well, it's 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 easy work for John Cena because he's not the smartest guy, and it's really stiff acting, so he doesn't have to be good at acting for it because mm-hmm. he's not good at acting. This is this is the other reason why you don't watch it for him. Well, he can right. be depending um, on what he's given, but he, I don't think he's made the. He doesn't always choose the roles that would take that way. There has never been a role where he's where he's been a good actor, so that kind of proves he's not a good actor. He's um he's learning. Put it that way, he's learning. Um. But then again, if you like John Cena for his body, he's naked a lot of the time, or at least shirtless. Mm-hmm. So you get to uh, see him having sex naked, not full frontal, yeah. but you get the back view. Uh, so there you go. Naked John Cena takes care of it. Turn the sound off if you want. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get that in there because honestly, John Cena loves being naked on screen. Yeah. He was in that other movie with Amy Schumer where he was naked and it was a, a sex related scene too. Train but, wreck. Train wreck. That was the one. Train I still wreck. haven't seen that one. Um, I, I saw it only because I wanted to see how LeBron did in it, because ah. that was like his acting gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so John Cena loves being naked. I mean, he's a wrestler. He goes around in tidy whities Of course, he likes being naked. Right. Actually, he, um, he hasn't wrestled in that, I think, at the very beginning, maybe. Other than that, he was in jean shorts. Jean <laughs> shorts is virtually naked. Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, we should move on to news, yes. because that's enough, Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> So what what is going on in the news? 
Are we having okay, the January so slow time I still? wanted to mention, by the time you hear this, it will already have dropped. But we are looking forward to the Moon Knight trailer hitting on Monday night. Um, they, they, they put out a little teaser, uh, like, what, 10, 15 seconds long. You yeah. got a lot of little quick jumps, including seeing Ethan Hawke's character, although you don't necessarily know who he is. You just finally get to see him. Mm -hmm. um, and you get to see the Moon Knight costume. We haven't seen full-on Moon Knight. We got to see that in the clip. Right. Uh, but we're getting a full trailer. It's during football, but don't worry about it because they release these things online at the same time. Um, so if you haven't seen it yet, uh, I can guarantee I will post it on our page when it hits. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When are they supposed there. to be putting that up? Um, huh? What During football, when? Uh, well, no, they never tell you when. Oh, okay. They, it's, just, it's just during Monday night football game oh, at some okay. point. Um, so it'll be out tomorrow at our time. Uh, yes, Monday night, our time. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that'll be out. Um, and it's interesting because I told Kylan, especially with Mobius moving to April, I was expecting them to release Moon Knight to give us Moon Knight in, by the end of February. So mm -hmm. that might happen. Right. <laughs> you called it. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, more more superhero-ish news. Uh, David Ramsey. Uh, our favorite Diggle, he's set to reprise the role of John Diggle for a new CW show set in the Arrowverse. It's called Justice U, and it'll focus on the former bodyguard recruiting young metahumans to attend a prestigious university. Ah. Oh. So it sounds like um, um, Justice League version of, um, they have Teen Titans Academy going right now. Right. It, it'll be like that. Um, the, the show will be executive produced by uh, Michael Marducci, who uh, does Superman and Lois, along with, of course... Greg Berlanti and others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and David Ramsey is set to uh, direct the pilot of, oh, cool. of the show. Right. Uh, he's also been directing episodes of several other DC shows. Mm -hmm. um, that's his thing now. Yeah. Hey, he's, uh, he's in, uh, he's going, he's in the, the legend of the white dragon too. That's a, that's a movie that is being done by black bat. Thanks, name Basically, the people who did superhero uh, superhero showdown. Okay. And it's a basically it's a project starring uh, Jason David Frank. And oh, good. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I think like he plays the mayor of the city. That okay. So I don't know. The, don't know the interesting thing, guy, the interesting thing will be is if we get to see what Diggle was being hinted at. By the end of Green Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we all know that there were hints that he might be uh, essentially Jon Stewart slash Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. um, well, they have so all there's confirmed no confirmed that his name is Jon Stewart Diggle. Right, right, but... right. <laughs> right, by, but the Jon Stewart. Like, the, the Jon yeah. Stewart we know for Green Lantern. Right. Um, so it that, that was kind of hinted with the greenness at the end. Of, of Arrow, but, mm -hmm. uh, so there's no confirmation on that. That would make it a little interesting too, being right. that he would be a hero getting metahumans into school sort of thing. Right. Um, but anyway, so that, that's coming and more CW news, um, of, of the hero, but not superhero variety. Uh, a few years back, Robert Rodriguez was working on a female led Zorro inspired show for NBC. And we know that never happened, Yeah. but now it's resurfacing at the CW. Hmm. Um, it's described as a new iteration of that NBC project and is about a young Latinx woman 
seeking vengeance for her father's murder, who joins a secret society and adopts the outlaw persona of Zorro. That's interesting. Uh, Go ahead. hmm? Go ahead. No, it'll... It'll be co-written by Rodriguez, as well as Sean Tretta, who's worked on Mayans MC, 12 Monkeys and Hunters, and Rebecca Rodriguez, who is uh, Robert Rodriguez's sister and also an experienced director who has credits on Doom Patrol, Snowpiercer, The Orville, and more. Okay. This is interesting, because if I remember right, there's another Zorro project running around out there, another series. That's supposed that's, to be uh, that's a the male-led one. Is it Disney putting that one together? Okay. Well, that, yeah, D- Disney Disney Plus is is doing um, basically a, a revival sort of thing of the original yeah. with the period setting. This mm-hmm. one I don't think has a period setting, not from what the, they've described it as. Right. Um, okay. I think this may be a slightly more modern one. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's, it's in production, so we'll see. Um, another... Speaking of Disney Plus, uh, it's reportedly in the early stages of development on a real steel television series adaptation. This could be really fun. Um, yeah. Now, now we know real steel was basically based on Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Right. <laughs> essentially, um, the show would be based on the film. Okay. Um, and which itself was based on a short story by author Richard Matheson called Steel. Um, there's, there's really no other details about it, whether it would kind of be uh, a reboot or whether we would see Hugh Jackman at all because he was the star of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real steel director, Sean Levy is reportedly attached to executive produce along with Robert Zemeckis and oh. others. So it's got some cred behind it, especially with the Zemeckis name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it could, it could be interesting because we don't have, um, we don't have a, non-franchise slightly actiony show on Disney Plus. No. Yeah. Like all of them are Marvel or Star Wars stuff like that. Right. Or the the kids um, so action would... that is just regular Disney fare. Well, yeah, yeah, the kids kind of stuff that they have but they have franchises as well with like there's a whole zombie franchise with the kids stuff and yeah. that kind of thing. So it would be outside of of what they've been doing, which would be kind of nice. Right. Um and it would also be nice if Hugh Jackman was actually in it. That would be an interesting mm-hmm. step. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the closest that they even got was and ended up getting canceled was Turner and Hooch because it turned yeah, out to be a little bit of, more yeah. actiony than what we expected. That's but. true. That's true. It was more action than family focused. Right. So um, and uh, speaking of some sequels, we're going to get some back to back sequels of a, of a movie that many of us enjoyed. Uh, Red Notice is doing two in one. Um, the original stars. Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot are set to reunite for back-to-back sequel movies to uh, what was ended up being Netflix's most popular movie last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it will also aim to uh, it, it'll aim to start shooting sometime next year, and they're actually looking at having more cast with star power. So you're going to get kind of something more like like an Ocean's Eleven sort of thing, where they kept bringing in different stars with every sequel. Right. So well, that, that'll um, make you want to watch The it. Fast series has always done that, too. They'll bring in some right. new, new action people in as, as they go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I can see them bringing in, like, <clears throat> bigger geeky stars, you know, like, go, go to all the ones that are, <laughs> considering the three of these are all in superhero properties. Mm-hmm. Like, go grab some other superheroes. <laughs> that yeah. would just kind of make it interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but basically, Red Notice writer and director uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber is reportedly back to do the duty on the films and has already begun working on the scripts. But of course, because of 
how high profile even just these three actors are, it's hard to say when it could happen. Right. Um, they're they're all kind of a little busy with their own other franchises, multiple franchises. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, this was one that I think Netflix knew it was going to hit and be good when they just by casting those three. <laughs> right. Because it's right. they're yeah. just the chemistry of Ryan Reynolds and The Rock are just hilarious. <laughs> well, because if if you think about the trailers that they put out, you didn't see much of a plot. You no. basically saw interaction between the three of them, especially uh, Ryan Reynolds and Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you saw, you saw things going on between them. You saw fights between them. You saw banter. Mm-hmm. You didn't really know what the plot was, and it didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you get kind of surprised a little bit when you see Gal Gadot and what she's actually does and the comedy stuff she actually yeah. puts in there. Right. Because right. usually. It, most of what people remember her for right now, right now is mostly Wonder Woman. I mean, anything else you've seen is still somewhat actiony, like from the Fast and Furious right. movies and things. Yeah, and and a little, definitely more on the serious side, like not right. mm-hmm. not not any kind of fun, right behind it. Um, but yeah, so we'll wait and see what happens. Um, and I have one thing for uh, gamers and Doctor Who fans combined: uh, Gale Force Nine. Has announced Doctor Who Don't Blink. Oh. Uh, it's a new tactical board game featuring, of course, the Weeping Angels. Oh, crap. <laughs> One player actually takes on the role of the angels, and the other players are the 11th Doctor, Amy, Rory, and Clara. Uh, the, the action takes place on a derelict spaceship with players trying to collect four pieces needed to get the TARDIS operational, while, of course, the Weeping Angels attempt to corner the party... As they attempt their escape. Uh, Now, Doctor Who does have several other tabletop games, either in print or coming soon. Gale Force 9 also produces one that's been out called Doctor Who Time of the Daleks. Uh, It's a board game. It comes with multiple expansions that you can play as any one of the Doctor's reincarnations. Um, Cubicle 7 has announced they plan to release a new edition of their Doctor Who role-playing game later this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so Doctor Who Don't Blink, it's a two to five player game. It takes only about 30 minutes to play, apparently. So it's a nice yeah. quick game for friends. Um, it ha- It's going to be probably around 30 bucks and it comes out in April. It sounds like, from the description, it's like a Stratego style uh, just board game. So it's not going to be a huge on mechanics and stuff. It's going to be a, the actual right. the way the pieces move. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I mean, they, they're specifically calling it a tactical board game, yeah. not an RPG, not something where you have to deal with a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. But of course, it would help if you're a Doctor Who fan and you know how the Weeping Angels work and 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 stuff like that, because uh, it, it'll be I'll be interested to see. I might actually look this up to see if I can find rules for it when it mm-hmm. comes out, because I'll be interested to see how the Weeping Angels are meant to move. Right. Like if someone is in the same area as them, do you have to skip a turn if you're the weeping angel because they can see you, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Or if you can like if you can take anything, take anyone by surprise because mm-hmm. they, they their characters turned in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of if, if you know the way the weeping angels work and you have to be looking at them so they can't move. Mm-hmm. What happens when someone moves or maybe there are cards that say you blink or something. Oh you know? man. So you blink and an angel moves two two spaces closer or something right. like that, you know. That would be kind of cool. So we'll have to see when it comes out uh in April what the well, rules might be. 
if you want for game, for that for actually most board games, if you check out the site boardgamegeek.com, they'll actually mm-hmm. actually have videos on how to play a game. They rate the games. They actually also have all your yep. rules for most of the board games. So that should, that'll probably be on there, and they'll have videos of uh, of how the game plays. Yeah. The cool thing is, so we'll we'll, some, we'll check it out and yeah, we'll, we'll check it out and see. Well, some board yeah. games, and the interesting thing is. Um, they're, a lot of times they're made by small publishers. Then the game will get bought by someone big who will change the rules on it. And um, right. so you could actually find the original rules a lot of times on this too. Right. Because right. sometimes the game and the you, game gets more complicated when the bigger bigger people buy it. Yeah, because they want to add a little more to it and give you a reason to buy it when you already mm-hmm. own it and all this stuff. And 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 it's a good. It's actually a good place to find um, defunct games too, like ones that you know maybe you picked up a game at a garage sale go and get the rules there if something's missing. You know, make sure you have all the pieces you need or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's actually very common. You buy a game and all of a sudden, hey, wait, where's the rules? Exactly. It, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like don't ever buy puzzles at, at a thrift store or a garage sale because there will always be pieces missing. Always. Unless you want to sit down and count them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, in that case, just buy like 25-piece puzzles and then you're good. Yeah. <laughs> That that that's the news I think you missed this week. That's what I wanted to. Share. Okay, well we're gonna do a quick view, quick overview of Boba Fett because we're not only halfway through the season on this. Right. We're what four episodes in or three, three or four now? Uh, right. It's a, no, it's only been three. Okay. So and there's so there's only four left. We're half, about halfway through the season, so we're right. gonna have to circle back around once to get to the end of this one. But there's been some interesting right. stuff in it so far already. I think a lot of people um, were surprised by what um, they've seen, what they haven't seen. I, I think I think maybe what's surprising people is the way they're telling the story and how much of the story they're telling. Yeah. Right. Um, like honestly, uh, for a lot of people and me included, you wanted to find out how he got h- how Boba Fett survived. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, in in any sci-fi universe, if you get swallowed by a big monster, you're done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, apparently, Sarlaccs have a very slow digestive system. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, that's what, remember, C-3PO talks about being digested slowly over a thousand years. Right. So, so you know, Boba Fett had time to think about it. And um, Also, you got to remember, he has that armor when he fell in. So he was yes. already armored up before he got in there. And, you know, that, that'll help you. Um, but, I mean, th- the thing is, though... If you look at Boba Fett's armor, especially if you look at it from the movie, mm-hmm. he's not fully armored up. No. He's not. There, there are areas that are just cloth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, so technically, there could have been issues. So this is how we know that it didn't take him that long to get out. Yeah. No. Because he was not physically damaged. Um, but but we get we get, so we get to see it, it's actually fairly brief. We get to see him get out. He fights his way out from all the innards. <laughs> the interesting thing is I've heard I've actually seen a bunch of people complain that they didn't see enough of inside the Sarlacc but it's like looking at it what what is there you just want him chilling in there for like hours what, what more you do you want him to hanging? see it was, the, it was the insides of an animal like what right. more do you want you saw someone else was there uh, you don't need anything else yeah um, so you know he gets out you see what happens when he gets out there Basically, there's a lot of flashback in the about half of every episode is flashback, um, which I'm hoping now that we seem to have done the story of the flashback, we will get less flashback. Well, I um, think we're going to say 
personally, I think we're going to see just the same amount, but it's going to advance forward to where by the time we get to the end, the flashbacks will catch up to where the beginning of the show was. Well, I yeah, I, unfortunately, um, yeah, but I, I want less flashback. I want the story to progress. Mm. <laughs> I want more going. It's going so slow because we just keep getting flashback. Um, but seeing more of the sand people was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it completely uh, redefined them for me. Yeah, because you don't really, if you think about it over the course of the early movies, uh, and that you don't see much of them. Yeah. No. And all you know of them is that they're, for, for, for lack of something better, bad guys. Right. Um, who just want to kill whoever comes through their territory. Right. And you have to know there's more to them than that. So they actually gave them their story. They gave they gave the sand people they they made the sand people people. They made them, you know, right. They made you think of them deeper. They gave them a tribe. Yeah. You you saw their 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 living their lifestyle, their mm-hmm. their living quarters, yeah. what they do daily. You saw all that kind of stuff. Um and you saw how Boba Fett became one of them in a mm-hmm. way. He can like he if you if you know the backstory of Boba Fett, he's never had family. No. He got a family out of this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. When he was a kid, he was he ended up um hooking up with another group with a group of bounty hunters that taught him how to do stuff. But that's not the same thing. Right. Right. Exactly. This was actually like he actually cared for the sand people. Like he yeah. he wanted to build trust with them so much that he was like, "Listen, Lend me this. I will go out, take care of this, and come back, mm-hmm. and everything will be better for you. Right. Also, it's cool because really, if you think about it, you watch what they're doing in the flashbacks. You're learning why is he different than the guy that went into the Sarlacc pit. The guy who went into the Sarlacc pit was a straight loner, worked all by himself. Helmet never comes off. He's do the job right. and move on. He didn't care. The guy right. at the beginning of this show is a different Boba Fett. Yes, mm-hmm. it is absolutely. He's. He's he's definitely deeper. He's got he's got empathy. Like he yeah. he cares what happens now. Mm-hmm. Um and and with and and with the Sam people, you saw tradition. Like you saw how he eventually earned his weapon. Yeah. And he had to help make it himself. That was cool how they and, make a gaffy stick. And 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 honestly, that was um what's his name? True Morrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one who plays Boba Fett. Yeah, Tamara Morrison. Um, Tamara Morrison. He said that he kind of, he kind of brought something into that too because he's a New Zealander and he brought in part of the traditions of his people. He wanted to show something like that, like indigenous mm-hmm. traditions. Yeah. And and that came down to what happened when the Sam people were decimated, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and Boba Fett gave them a tradition of a, of a burning burial. Right. Um, that, that, that kind of got a little deeper into story than you would have expected mm-hmm. from Star Wars. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, cause also, I mean, like, well, but yeah, I mean, cause like prior to this, like the, 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 the Sam people, Tuscan Raiders were all, all you thought of them. All you knew about them were that, like you said, they they were just this nomadic people. You didn't cross their territory, right? But now you you find out. It, it, honestly, it made me care about them. Right. It, it took a throwaway character, and all of a sudden, I'm just like, like the whole thing when he when he goes through the whole vision quest 
basically is what it was. They give him yeah. the lizard, and he's like, "Oh, a lizard, thanks." And then the lizard goes up his freaking nose. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and then you find out that he he finds the stick like this. It's, it talks to him. Yeah. You know, and and that's very indigenous too. Like it really is. brought in the cultural kind of aspects to it, which was unexpected. Right. Forget and mushrooms. I, you you know, don't need peyote. You just grab a lizard. Exactly. Right. I have to admit that, like. When it, when it shut up his nose, it's like they said, well, it's a guide. And he's like, oh, well, th-. he's like, he's, try, he's trying to be legitimately it's like what, it's grateful. Like, it's like when you're in another culture and they give you some strange looking food and you're like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right, but it seemed like he was trying to be grateful. He was. He, and then whoop, up his <laughs> he's like, what the hell? Yeah. No, that was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I. I've I've kind of gotten sick of the flashback, but I like that they actually gave us decent story mm-hmm. for right. it. It wasn't just a turf war. It wasn't just he gets captured and escapes. Like mm-hmm. they could have gone simple like that. Quite honestly, right? right. Um, because of those deep flashbacks, deep. also you're getting a so a bunch of um, little cameos and stuff from stuff that are making Star Wars fans go bananas. Because the right. second that's one, true. when he goes and goes to that outpost in the middle of nowhere, that's actually that is Tashi Station that right. Luke yep. was trying to go to. And the two people in the bar, <laughs> that's Cammy and Fixer. Are they're two characters that were yeah. actually in deleted scenes from the original Star Wars: A New Hope? Right. They were in the deleted scenes, right. and they were in the novels and stuff. They were friends yeah. of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I saw. I saw that that people were getting happy over that. That they <laughs> they finally got their due. It's <laughs> one of the things that um, Favreau, Filoni, and um, now Rodriguez have been doing, to where they put in these cool little things that Star Wars fans go bananas for. But if you don't know about it, it really doesn't hurt. And and then of course you get to the quote present day, um, and you do get to see the Cantina Band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Max Rebo is still doing it. <laughs> I thought he was still he was on the sail barge when it went down, but I guess not. He, he got well, off right before. You know, the, yeah, he. I mean, he could have gotten off. You know, if, no. Well, if you read if you well, read I mean, the um, the books that are legends now, there was actually a story where he he was like, "I'm out." <laughs> see, there you go. And and it was it was good to see um, Jennifer Beale. Like she has an awesome role. At first, <laughs> you don't even recognize that's her. Obviously, no, yeah. um, but but she kind of has a role as uh, Madam. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a lot of, you know, both character cameos and actor cameos. And of course, in the third episode, we get one of the best actor cameos. Yeah, out of the whole and, thing, I love him in that role. But for me, that out of all of it, that was one thing that took me out. Like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be Star Wars. It's He's almost too recognizable for the show. At, yes, we, we, get, we get Danny Trejo, um, who we knew was going to be in it at some point. We right. didn't know what. It's Robert Rodriguez. Um, he's going to show up somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Danny, like you said, he's recognizable. So Danny Trejo has gotten to the point where anything he is in, he's just Danny Trejo. Okay? But you know what? When you get to a certain level. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. He's a badass. He's Danny Trejo. He's there. We know what he's about. The role he gave him as a rancor keeper, that is Danny Trejo. I can see him playing Malakili in in Return of the Jedi. (laughs) I mean, because honestly, Danny Trejo... He's a dog lover. He owns a bunch of dogs. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's only appropriate that he trains the animal. <laughs> but but it is true that, I mean, they could have done something to change his look a little bit to kind of take you, not take you out of it so readily when, you know, you've got, you've got, you've got the hut siblings there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see the rancor coming and then all of a sudden, hey, Danny Trejo. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Did you bring but, tacos? But- 
Okay, we're good. And, and, uh, okay, that's not racist. I, no, because he, no, he apparently... He, not apparently, he does. He owns a taco shop. Yes, I got the key ring. He also he also owns a donut shop now, but that, that's getting beside the point. Uh, Both are really on, good from what we hear. He's, anyway. on, he's on TikTok if you want to see the donut shop. Yeah. <laughs> but he anyway, anyway, he's in his 70s. Of course he can't dance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, when we get the whole rancor thing, honestly... I kind of loved that. Like the fact that Boba Fett has a pet. Yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. He's... Because you, you only, this is much like the sand people. You only think of a rancor one way. Yeah. You think of it as a violent monster. Right. You don't realize that if you have a puppy rancor, they're very sweet little puppies. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's another one that um, big Star Wars fans that have watched the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff have seen the Rancors actually on Dathomir, where they were talking about the Night Sisters ride them and stuff like that. Right. You can see mm-hmm. that they, they can be domesticated. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I love, like, while he's petting them, like, uh, one, one, uh, one of the henchmen comes up and Boba's like, I'm busy right now. And I'm like, <laughs> that's right. Priorities. But he not, not only does he pet him, he finds the spot. Yeah. Is that he, the scratches, spot? he scratches him in the right spot. Is that the spot? The best I'm part like, is oh. Boba Fett is all big and uh, big and bad, and he's lo- trying to look big and bad. And, um, go- he walks up to the Rancor and just melts. Yep. He's like, oh, who's the baby? Well, well, who's the baby? Well, I mean. Everyone does with puppies. Come on. Yeah, you, I, 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 I've done it. Yeah, I'll be uh-huh. listening to gangster rap. Or whatever. And I, oh, look at a good boy. Look at a good boy. <laughs> and then I, I will take pictures of dogs and send them to Don. Yeah. If, if he sees good... a dog in a car and he's at a stoplight, I'll get a picture. Oh, look at a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying. So the other thing about these episodes, and again, it showed up in the third episode, our street gang. Yes. Um, our our cyberpunk kids. <laughs> For me. Th- it, it was a little out of place, and a lot of people were yelling and screaming. But for me, there's been so many, there's been so much Star Wars out there right now that this could fit somewhere in Star Wars. It doesn't fit with this setting and with Tatooine. But if you well, saw these guys like on Coruscant, it'd be no problem at all. It would fit right in with everybody well, else. See, see, that's the problem, though. They are on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, well, the fact that it doesn't fit is the problem. What they uh, what they feel like? Reasons. It feels like a group of kids that have seen the Holonet news and saw what people were doing a course on. So they're like, oh, we want to do that here, mm-hmm. Possibly, even though it doesn't but, fit with anybody else. <laughs> but no, the the problem is one reason it doesn't fit. If you look at the bikes or whatever they call them, mm-hmm. they're space Vespas. They're too bright. They're too bright. <laughs> right. In a sand environment. Right. You are not going to have that nice, shiny, bright paint job last for more than a day. Well, if they're polishing right. it all the time. And, have you ever and, seen and, kids who are um, big on like street racing and stuff? They're polishing their cars and washing them all the time somehow. Why do you think they're stealing they all that water? They're not dealing with sandstorms. <laughs> they're not dealing with sandstorms. And they also can't get water. Um, <laughs> That's true. They, they steal it, remember? Water. They do steal the water, and now everyone's out of water because of that car chase. Um, but <laughs> the, the the colors totally out. Like these are not even colors that seem to exist in this world. Um, they're just totally and and the whole yeah. modding chrome thing. Nothing is chrome in Star Wars. That's true. Um, it just like just the look. That's that's something that that took me out of it. Much like mm-hmm. Danny Trejo, that took me out of it because yeah. it just didn't fit. Right. I mean, the only time you see that bright red is the Crimson Guard in um, 
Return of the Return Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Right. And yes, also, but, they were in um, episode yeah, three, Revenge of the Sith, at the very end. Yeah. Right. It just, but it just like just the bright, but they had bright blue and bright yellow. But mm-hmm. like yeah. just the brightness takes you out of because you're in such a dull environment. Admittedly, it may have been done on purpose to 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 make it pop. You know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. it just didn't work. But it the popped. other thing that's the problem with them, Boba Fett did very little, and they are all of a sudden so loyal to him. He's paying them. He he. Remember, they were broke because they had spent all that money on their mods and stuff. Every penny they had, they but, spent on their ad- additions. But but if you're getting if if you're just getting paid to do something, you're not necessarily going out of your way to do it. Right. And they came in and fought Black Chewbacca to 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 save his life. Okay. And yeah. it just seemed like out of place for them to be so like life and death loyal right away. That's true. That that's like you can buy some loyalty to a certain degree, but that degree of loyalty seemed out of place that soon. Right. But anyway, that's where like we need the ba- that's where we need a backstory of where they're actually coming from. Where they right. they may right. have been just living on the streets on their bikes. Right. Just like street and street kids aren't that loyal. <laughs> I mean, they're they're loyal for the pay, but not that loyal. Right. But I don't know. But you know, you got but you got Boba Fett. He's cool as hell. Yeah. You know, they're like, well. But it's not like they're scared of him because he's doing things because he wants people to be loyal, not because they're scared. But you know what? That's that's good for business, though. Although the mayor's scared and his right. his henchman is scared. I, his, I, his, I, the see, mayor's secretary is scared. Like, if, honestly, if I were a crime boss, <laughs> if I were a crime boss. Okay. I, I, I get the whole respect thing because if it's out of fear, if you get enough people together. They would go after you. They would go after you because right. all of them are no longer scared. Right. But if they respect you. Here's the other thing I don't get. Why were they chasing the 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 secretary and not looking for the damn mayor? Because the secretary was going to the mayor. Remember, they got out there and the mayor wasn't back there. They're assuming right, he's going right. to the mayor. They, they they said they said the mayor was with the other people already. Right. So I get it, man. <laughs> Dude, I mean, dude. It's, it's an interesting enough show, but honestly, Mandalorian's more interesting than Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, this is a story just about what Boba Fett's been doing. It's not, a, um, right. it's not a galaxy wide or regional wide show. Mandalorian is actually just about Mandalorian, but it has implications on the story as a whole. Mm-hmm. This is basically but, the whole point Ma- of the show is the backstory of what Boba Fett's doing now. But Mandalorian in general had better action, has better action and a, mm-hmm. a better story, te- better storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like Boba Fett, the, the storytelling is it's patchy, right? It's it, patchy, and it, it's it, much smaller. Yeah, and it, it moves real slow in the in the present day, and it it really needs to move on. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we know you're doing this, and uh, come on, what are you gonna do now? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you've seen The Godfather. The Godfather isn't a fast-moving movie. Oh, no. You know, and, and like they said, this is organized crime, and I don't know if... And I believe well, not yet. Rodri- I, I believe <laughs> yeah. that Robert Rodriguez, he has a soft spot in his heart for mob movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is... So we'll see, we'll see where yeah. it goes. We're halfway there, just about. We'll see where it goes. Right. I know one thing. You mentioned uh, Black Chrysanthemum already. Dude... Every thought Chewbacca was a tough fighter and stuff. Then you see this guy. <laughs> this Chewbacca's guy, a wimp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chewie's just a co-pilot. He's not a fighter. Black Crescent exactly. is a bounty hunter and a gladiator. And he's and actually from the comics war. and stuff, too. He's mm-hmm. a character that's been around for a while. 
that that and when he was first created, mm-hmm. um, his creator didn't have a name for him, and so he just called him Nubaka. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love it. He tweeted that the other day. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. I love it. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so they, they would get in trouble for that, wouldn't they? <laughs> no. Bit, but I still think it's awesome. Why would he, Why would they get in trouble for that? Did the people who are putting because, this out are the people who own Chewbacca? No, because Nubaka is Nubian. Yeah, Chewbacca. It, oh. Considering he's black, it could go too far. Yeah. See, <laughs> I, it depends on how you spell it. If you spell it any W. Chewbacca, you're okay. Yeah, yeah, because he's new. He's a new Chewbacca. See, nobody else went to that that place but you. Well, because I I like it. I don't know when they first created him if he was actually black though. He might not. He was in my head. He was. He's only. It's like five. It's only five or six years ago. It was in the Doctor Doctor Afro comics. Black Black Power Baca. Black Power Baca. That's how I just see it as. I'm just like, okay, dude. He's not messing around. Chewbacca or um, the Wookiees are strong, but then he has those vibro brass knucks. That that was that was a hell of a fight. You got to admit. Yeah. Gets in there and rips Boba Fett out of his little capsule and throws him across the room. That's one of my favorite starts of a fight because you see the flashback and the flashback gets interrupted this time because he's yanked out of the pod by um by something. That was, I mean, that's that's not the kind of fight you usually see in a Star Wars anything. No. Yeah. You but know? you know what? It's real, though. No, absolutely. I mean, if he was an assassin, that's absolutely real. Um, yeah, I think so that's, that was, that was kind of cool. That's one of the influences I think that we're seeing from like a Robert Rodriguez. Because his yeah. are over-the-top fights and stuff in his movies, and it's all the um, gangster-style stuff, so... Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was half expecting when um, the twins came to the palace, then he lets uh, Black Chrysanthemum go. I thought for sh- I almost half thought Chrysanthemum was going to offer his services to Boba. <laughs> right. He's like, wait, if right. you're not going to yeah, kill I, me, I'm pretty sure he's going. To I'll work for you. But Boba gave him some. Uh... Well, on- honestly, though, it showed what a legit assassin for hire he was, though, because it was kind of like, you know, I got hired for this. It's been canceled. Okay, I'm going. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I'm he didn't. Go find the it next wasn't one. just. It wasn't just like, well, I still have to finish the job. It was nothing right. like that. It was like, no, I'm not getting the money for it now. I'm leaving. Right. <laughs> yep. But I, I'm not kill. Okay, dude, I'm yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we still we still have enough of Book of Boba Fett to go through. Yeah. To see where things go and and if people come back and all that kind of thing. What else do we have so that we should- started up? I, I don't know. Do we have enough time to actually get into Witcher? We Witcher's- do because they're they're. Witcher doesn't have a lot of details to cover no, anyway. Okay. I do we're going to get into Witcher, but um what I really liked over last season was and it and it, it made it easier was the actual linear story. Yeah. Okay. And it made it for me it made it easier just to flow through. It wasn't as abrupt trying to figure out what's going on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I honestly I kind of like I like non-linear storytelling anyway. Um, is because you know it's going to come together at some point, and that's yeah. to me that's more satisfying. Mm-hmm. But so they they kind of had to do that in the first season, um, and this season because we knew where everyone stood and we already knew a lot of their backstory, they didn't need to give us anything kind of out of place. We got a few flashbacks, yeah, mm-hmm. um, but most of it was uh, for the show present day, um. It was it was kind of a cool look at um, Geralt getting back to his Witcher family, yeah, um, as well as developing a chosen family, right? Because yeah. really, Siri is like his daughter, 
Yeah. Well, not, not like she actually is his daughter by um yeah. by law. The rule of law, the true. rule of That's surprise true. or whatever. We had we had that we had that law of surprise from the first season that he took her. Mm-hmm. Um but but he's actually treating her like a daughter. Like in the first when when you were getting the first season stuff, it was like dragging her along. Mm-hmm. And um and in this season he's treating her like a daughter and she's actually treating him more like a father figure. She's right. actually She's listening to him yeah. most of the time, although she doesn't know how to run when he tells her to run. <laughs> um, but um, most of the time she's listening to him. She's actually paying attention to what he's trying to do for training purposes, for protection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this one she actually is trying. She wants to be a witcher. Yes, she's she's kind of she's no longer by by the time you get to the end of the season, especially she's no longer acting like a princess. No, no. And to me, what some of the best stuff in season two was watching her train. Yes, because she wanted to prove herself to the witchers that were there Mm -hmm. as well as prove it to herself that she wasn't just a princess and that she could do this. Like she she's discovering powers she has and they're trying to figure out what's going on with these powers. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, she's being practical about it. She's going through that obstacle course thing. The witchers have, and she is determined to complete it. Right. I love that. That kind of, that's something that, um, not everybody's experienced, but it happens in the real world. A lot of times when you're trying to do something physical, say, um, like with me, with the watching kids in the pro wrestling training, or, um, even I've heard about it in the military that there's people that just physically cannot do it, but they don't a lot. Sometimes they don't care if you can physically do everything. It's that you don't stop. That's what right, they're looking right. for is that spirit. And she has right. that spirit where she just won't stop. She's not going to be able to easily do it because she doesn't have the Witcher powers. They're mutants, right. literally. I mean, there's this stuff called mutagen that they turn them into mutants. Exactly. <laughs> but she's not going to stop doing it. And that's where and she gets the respect of all of them from this. And 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 part of it is part of it is because she's female and she's smaller. Mm-hmm. She's not as strong in right. general. But that, like you said, that spirit is there and they the other witchers treat her how she looks when she arrives. Right. Because she looks like the princess. She looks like the little girl. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So they treat her that way. Mm-hmm. So she has to earn the respect from them. Right. She has to prove that, you know, I might not be able to do this part of the obstacle course, but I'm going to mess myself up until I can do it. Yeah. Right. I'm going to keep falling. I'm going to keep getting hit. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep getting cut. And yep. I'm going to show you I want to do this. Right. Well, another factor into this was up to this point, there has never been a woman witcher. And there's right. never been a woman tried to be a witcher. Right. right. They don't know if they would even actually, if they could do it and uh, turn a woman into a witcher. They don't know if right. it would work. And and that's the thing. They get turned into this. It, the, it, like, it's kind of like they're born with a little of something, but mm. then they they need the mutagen. They need this thing to get turned into it. Right. Um. To, to fully have the powers that they have. Now we know she does have some kind of power. And then we find out that basically she has, she has the, the, the ancient blood. Yeah. She has this in her blood that she can actually create the mutagen. She's actually, she is, um, I think by the end you figure out she's basically a half elf. Yeah. Right. Which is, and and, it's weird. Cause she has like um, the strengths of both human and elf. And the, the other thing that this helps with is, this entire time you've been seeing this story of elves. Right. We've been seeing the elves that at, at, it actually felt the elf part of the story 
felt very Game of Thrones. It did. With the politics and the relationships and stuff going mm-hmm. on, especially when you get them killing babies and stuff. Right. Um, I'll bet you they it, actually it, fed into that on purpose. Knowing oh, how yeah. big yeah, Game absolutely. of Thrones got, it's like, you know what? We need to add some of that element into this. Well, mm-hmm. and and I'm sure it's in the books, too. Like, the, the, the books are pretty extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see all this stuff going on. Now you know why it's important to find out about the elves, though. Right. Knowing that Siri is part of that culture, technically. Mm-hmm. Now you know why it's important. Right. Um, I, I think I think I I really liked about this. And this may sound weird. Was this is probably the first time where I've seen elves be portrayed as and that's just the bad guy. Like, well, you know, really, it's I've but, never. If you look, it's not. They're treated as the minority. They're yeah, they're a minority from another elves. land. Well, that's, that's how they're right. being treated. Well, it's it's not that they're it's not that you see them as the bad guy. You see them as essentially like all the other factions that are looking for power yeah that are trying to establish their power gain control of things you don't usually see elves like no that. like they're, elves they're are not... usually kind of like where you know elves elves are usually switzerland you don't see them being political exactly <laughs> you know they're they're up they're above the fray they, they will shoot some arrows for you but that's about it right. well yeah <laughs> or, most... you know and 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 the other races will come to them for like some type of no counsel or guidance. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, but the people in our realm, in people in our realm, they, um, the geeks have all kinds of different references. But in general, the general population out there that are watching this, the elves, they've heard of elves like with Santa Claus. That's a totally different. That's a totally different thing. But they know if what they know of actual the um, legacy and history and everything about elves, they learn from Lord of the Rings, and right. it's all high elves there. They've right. been around forever. Right. They're they're the ones that give, like you said, they give the advice. They'll give you a hand once in a while if it um, is something that they think they might be able to do or they may not. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like elves are have always been the ancient upper class, right? The aristocracy, yeah. right? You know, like I said, um, for people who play D and D and stuff, it's a totally different animal because elves are everybody, <laughs> right. right? And and this is this is this is more like a D and D sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you look at a lot of the depictions in general, this is much more D and D. And I think this is why I like this better than, than like, um, the, than Tolkien stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like that form of high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this better. I maybe, I just like the grungier stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Right. This is grittier, <laughs> more like down on the, down on, on the street level. Yeah. Like g- give me the street level stuff. Don't give me the, this person begat that person. And, uh, <laughs> and the monsters are much cooler in this. Yes, absolutely. The monsters are fantastic. Yeah. Um, and getting to that, we we now uh, get to see that apparently Siri kind of is the cause of some of these monsters. Yeah. Or calling them through because there's another dimension involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that there's a lot of it's not flashback, but other dimensional flashes. Because yes. there's another character there seems to be controlling Siri at times mm-hmm. or seems to be controlling the witches at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- I'd, like, I'd like to say I just finished up Rise of the Tomb Raider. And because of that game, I was able to I um, understood who this other person was. 
there you go. <laughs> because I had heard of um, the, the, we're not keeping spoilers anyway. I've heard, I had heard yeah. of Baba Yaga. Okay, in general, yeah. in legends and stuff, you know that yeah. there's this person out there. I, I didn't know any of the story of it, but in Rise of the Tomb Raider, there's a DLC content that's an extra chapter outside during the game that where you actually mm-hmm. go and fight Baba Yaga. So she has the cabin that walks around and stuff. As when I saw the cabin walking mm-hmm. around, I'm like, I know who that is. <laughs> well, I mean. If you've seen John Wick, you've heard of Baba Yaga. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like I said, I've heard the name. I knew that it was a creature right. from like Eastern Europe, but I, I had no idea who it actually was. And, and, and people <laughs> who watch anime will probably know Baba Yaga because there are plenty of characters, especially in the Ghibli stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the witches who have the walking houses. Where do you think it came from? Right. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, Baba Yaga is, is a big time, um, legend myth mythology kind of thing and the fact that it's part of the story is kind of impressive mm-hmm. um and and the strength and the like she is she is the witch of witches basically yeah um and she's set up to be almost like a villain through the whole thing that you get to the end and realize really it's she's not trying to destroy the world or anything. she just wants to go home Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the case in a lot of villains, if you think about it. it. Like, if you look at a lot of, like, Disney movie kind of things, mm-hmm. um, like like Moana with Tafiti, like, you've got this evil volcanic island, but she just wants her heart back, and when she gets it back, she's Tafiti again. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> she's a wonderful nature goddess. So, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing. It's like, just, just leave her alone, let her do what she needs to do, mm-hmm. everything will be fine. So, it's kind of where the next chapter is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's gotta be, but by the time we end and we basically have this chosen family trio now, mm. um, trying to figure out how to solve the problem of Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Basically. <laughs> and the, cool, the cool thing is if you look at this, it's a chosen family, but if you look at the way the three characters are built, you got um, Geralt, who has magic, but he's all, he's a straight fighter. He's the brute muscle right. of the whole thing. Right. Yennefer is straight magic, and that she can fight, but she's mostly all magic. If you look at Ciri, she is a blending of the two. Yeah, mm-hmm. she ha- she found her magic in here, but all, the whole show she's training to be a fighter. She's like the right. dead. Right. She's going to end up being half of the two of them. Which, even and- though she's not physically their child, she is uh, the child of those two characters. Right. Right. And and um, just a note because as if you follow this at all, you know Henry Cavill is very serious about his roles in terms of research mm-hmm. and in terms of things he enjoys about them and what he puts into them. And he's as big and, a geek as we are. Yes, I, this is a man who builds his own computers. Like and and <laughs> and when asked what console he prefers, he says PC. He does not believe in console games. It's all PC. If I remember um, right, he actually paints his own like Warhammer minis too. Yes, he does. <laughs> he paints his own minis. Um. Anyway, all of a sudden, I I'm like that's what she said. I, I, I'm not. Anyway, I um, he so was he now. was helping them choose swords for this and the armor. He helped design his armor. To, Prior to getting cast in The Witcher, he had already been playing the games. Right. Okay, he knew the games. Then when he heard about this role, he found out it was based on books. So he read all the books. And going into the second season, he said he wanted to make Geralt a slightly deeper character and give him a bit more of the intellect that he actually has in the books. Because he felt like in season one, he was a little too much of just brute force. Right. And he didn't. You didn't think of him as 
having the smarts behind it. Right. Whereas season two, he has changed a bit. Mm-hmm. Like he actually has given him a bit of the intellect, a bit of the historical knowledge when he's talking about certain people or the stories behind them or um, or the witchcraft or stuff like that. There's more to it than there was in right. season one. Right. So I like I I think it's commendable. Like he goes in and he wants to be a little more truthful to the source material. I, you know, the thing is like, and I hate that I am this way, but I'm sort of like when I find out that an actor is that deep of a geek, I all of a sudden like I have deeper respect for him. And like now I, after seeing the sword work in, uh, in season two, I am ready for her. I, I am good with a Highlander reboot. Have you heard the latest rumors from this week? No. I think I saw yesterday or Friday. Dawn, you know which one I'm going for? Yep. The, the big rumor that just popped out was Henry Cavill for Connor McCloud. I, know, oh, I, I heard that one. <laughs> that's the I, one I'm good I don't for. Know yeah, that's wishful, it, been, I don't know if that's wishful um, casting, fan it, casting, it, or if that's actual been, in consideration. It's, it's, been a bit, it's been a bit stronger the past week or so because he was doing interviews for Witcher and they've asked him about it mm-hmm. and and he said he would he would definitely talk to someone about it if if asked well considering how that kind of talk the last time I heard that kind of talk we ended up with Shang-Chi <laughs> I'm just saying I'm right. just saying you know and, I mean like how you you know Henry Cavill's a geek he has a dog named Cal can't be mad. His, his Akita is named after Kal-El. I mean... <laughs> I mean... This is a guy that, um, even can't... though Warner Brothers looks like they don't want to do anything with Superman right now, he keeps telling everybody, hey, I'm still Superman as far as I know. <laughs> he yeah. still wants to be yeah. Superman. I think he wants to actually be the Superman people have seen. You got to see a little of right. it towards the end of Justice League, the um, the four-hour cut. But other than that, we've not yeah. seen the Superman that everybody knows. <laughs> he wants to be that right. guy. <laughs> but anyways, back to The Witcher. Um, but <laughs> the what, the one thing we get um, at the very end, we do get that bit of a twist um, because we've been getting these flashes of Siri when she was essentially possessed, mm-hmm. um, and they were giving her her idyllic life with her parents. If you pay close attention, as everyone starts to disappear, there's one person who didn't disappear because everyone else was dead and they disappeared. Um, and in the background, one person didn't. And at the very end, um, as we're dealing with elves. And we're finding out who really killed the elf baby. Um, uh, he turns around and, oh, hey, it's Siri's real dad. And he's alive. Yeah. And, he, he, and he's a dick. And um, now things are going to go badly. Yeah. <laughs> because now he wants to find his daughter. Well, you have to show the big bad for the next season before the season's over. That's true. That's true. So Siri's dad has turned into Liam Neeson and he has a particular set of skills. <laughs> this is going to be man. Because technically his daughter was taken. So there you go. Well, you got to think this the, I'm hoping kind of the way they've written this, I'm hoping there's only one more season. Cuz they've written this similar to a trilogy. Yeah. The first season, you learn who all the yeah. characters are and what they can do. Mm-hmm. Second season, mm-hmm. you bring them all together so at the end they're ready to face the big challenge in the third season. Right. Now, and the other thing is, though, there are a lot of Witcher books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously they have a lot of directions they could go. 
Um, and I was watching the behind the scenes I, today the, for season two on Netflix, and they were saying how um, a lot of what happens in this mo- in this season is basically book one of The Witcher still. Right. They haven't even moved beyond. <laughs> so it's, you know the thing is like I okay I have certain feelings when it comes to magic users, and I like this series because I have because The Witcher to me is a warrior mage. Yeah. You don't see that very often, mm-hmm. and uh, and he doesn't. But he doesn't rely on the magic. He has magic. He can do no. all this stuff, but he doesn't rely on it. Right, right. I, I and I like. I that's probably the thing I really like about this the most because I'm definitely I'm definitely more D and D Conan than I am Tolkien. I, I've watched and I've read you know the Tolkien stuff. But I'm definitely you know more gritty with mm-hmm. it. Uh. And I think that's why The Witcher is popular as a series, because it's grittier. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't get into Tolkien, whereas a lot of mainstream people, if they knew what D&D was about, Mm -hmm. would get into it. Like they they, seeing The Witcher, you could approach people and say, hey, you want to play D&D? This is what it's kind of like. Right. Well, you know, you can also look and see why um, if you look. After the Lord of the Rings movies were made and the Hobbit movies, they had some decent games that were put out and stuff. They were translated into games, but most of those games were straight giant battles and stuff. It was armies fighting armies. Yeah. Right. Whereas something like this was based on a game to start with, and then they add book elements into it, and they've started mm-hmm. to lean more heavily into the books. But we already know this is translated into games already. And it, well, so mean, you it, and you can feel it, see the reason why these work better because you have a story about one character that you can play through a game. Lord the of the Rings is harder to take on one books. character and do that. The series was based on the books to begin with, not the game. Oh, I thought it was the mostly from the games to start with. No, no, it was based on the books to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. They pulled in some elements, but it's been based on the books. Mm-hmm. But still, so, and that, that's one of the reasons Henry Cavill went ahead and read them because that's when he found out there were books. How, and how many books are <laughs> I don't there? Know, there's a few. But I don't know. by I know keeping they the cast <laughs> in the, I don't know how the books work, but in this, keeping the cast of main characters smaller makes it easier to make it linear, and also makes it easier to play in games. This is right. this show is about Jennifer, Geralt, and Siri. So if yeah. you're playing a game, you play through as Geralt and have the other two characters with them. You got a game. Lord of the Rings, you got 52 different characters. It's hard to build a game around 52 different characters. <laughs> right. It's hard to see yourself uh, in that situation. And and the thing is, if this were to end up being just the three seasons, that would work out fine. Because remember, they do have the prequel coming. Mm-hmm. Um, Blood Origin uh, is coming out. And that, again, is based on uh, the books and the, a lot of the backstory that's in the books. Well, the, so, the anime that's on Netflix is also a prequel. I think it's like 100 years before this. There's there's a couple of animes out there. There's, yeah. there's the movie and the series. Um, but yeah, so you get and, and I, I mean the prequel is something to look forward to anyway because you has you have Michelle Yeoh starring in it. Um, but it covers a lot of the elf stuff. Right. So um, so I mean either way it'll be interesting and you'll you'll get the same sort of feel for it from yeah. that. So, but overall, I I had fun with this. I, yep. As they're fleshing out this world, we're learning more, and we're getting. It's just like if you're playing a campaign in Dungeons and Dragons. We keep making the reference, but the farther you get into it, the more fun you're having because you're learning more about the world, and you can feel it better. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So, but anything else before we get ready to wrap this up today, guys? Do we have they even started filming the third season of this yet? Uh, not that I've heard, no. Okay. Well, with any luck, we'll have it in five years. <laughs> right. It was what, two years between this one and the first season? I mean, we yeah, had a pandemic but, in the I middle mean, of that, but still. I mean, I mean, at this point, we're expecting multiple years between seasons of anything. Right. Well, so The one I mean, thing we, yeah. didn't, we didn't touch on, and if you guys listen to the soundtracks for The Witcher, you'll find out that our bard friend is the continent's uh, pop star. He is Harry Styles for this world. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I, I love what they do with the bard. Like, I actually care about the bards now. <laughs> like I cause like usually oh when you hear people say, Oh, I play I'm a level three bard and I'm like bard, whatever. But I like this bard. This dude is awesome. Mm-hmm. No, the best yeah. is when he's in the when the prison puts a band together with the rats. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I mean honestly, you don't think about um the the way they show Jasker in this, the bard, mm-hmm. um, not only is he there for the singing, but bards are the storytellers and a lot of people don't think about that. Right. So that being the storytellers, they are fantastic con men. Yes. Okay? So they can get people to do things because they can tell the stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they can make them believe what they're telling them. That, that You actually see that in season two as he tries to get away with some things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him with the, I wouldn't Although, trust him although with just as he should have walked away, he got slightly in his ego got a little insulted and he turned back he shouldn't have turned back he should, he should, <laughs> and, and you could see he as he's turning around he knows he's not he, i, I yes. shouldn't do this this isn't gonna he go knows. good he knows i gotta let this walk it could have all gone well I, he does he has a heck of an ego yeah well bards tend to yeah so. yeah well like i said he's a pop star everybody yeah. in the world loves him and the, he is they his are, biggest fan. <laughs> the 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 bards believe themselves to be the most important people because they are telling the stories. They are they are creating the legends for these warriors. Yeah, there's yeah. actually a, a good amount of songs by him on the soundtracks for this. Yep, <laughs> of his songs. Yep. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, so I think we've covered everybody on this now. <laughs> that was the we one have, person we didn't we catch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, and that's the most important important person of all. That's right. In his mind. <laughs> <laughs> a legend in his own mind. Okay, well, Geeksters, what did you think of Witcher Season 2? Did you enjoy it more than Season 1? Was it uh, terrible and you'd go away and never come back again? What is it? Let us know. Also, where, how are you enjoying Boba Fett and Peacemaker? There is such a wide Where gamut of different things going on right now. It's interesting. <laughs> there is, for sure. Dude, like I said, Peacemaker, I just I can't get it. I'm just dying on this show because it's, it's stupid and crazy in all the ways it's supposed to be. Right. That's okay. true. Okay. Well, guys, let us know. If you have any questions, also let us know. You can get a hold of us at www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, we are Geekwatch1. If you put Geekwatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, let us know and Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. I have my own warriors. <laughs> you can also email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. We are proud members of Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and Weeby Geeks Podcast Collective at weebygeekspc.com. Also, give our buddy Charlie Murphy over at Stray Dog a uh, um, uh, look. Go to straydogakron.com. You can find everything from Charlie's Stray Dog, the Akron Pickle, the Cafe 388, the Bob's Hamburger. What else has he got coming? You know he's got oh, he's five or six other things oh, going. He's, he's, he's recruiting for a radio station. Oh, yeah. I saw he's making his own, like, Bob's Hamburger radio station. Or is it Stray Dog radio? Yeah. yeah. 
We'll, we'll find out more and provide the info soon. Yeah, it's yeah. probably internet radio, but still. Hey, I, I know yeah. a talk show that he should have on there. <laughs> yeah, a weekly we can, talk we show. He post episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He can post our episodes. He's becoming a media mogul now. He is multimedia mogul. Multimedia yeah. mogul. Oh, my gosh. So, but other than that, guys, for Kylan and Dawn and myself, just remember. No matter where you go, there you are.